Welcome to the Core Podcast. This one's a little bit special because it's just hosted by me. This collection of fantastic podcasts comes from a load of amazing, influential women in tech. I'm really excited to share this with you throughout October. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us today just to, to, to take your time out and talk to us. Could you, for anyone that doesn't know you or are the first time of listening to, to you today, could you give us a bit of context of who you are, uh, where you work, how you got there, how you ended up in tech and more specifically cybersecurity? Sure. So, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Irina Nesterovsky, uh, and I'm the Chief Research Officer at Kela. Um, we are a cybercrime intelligence company. Um, we collect information, data, intelligence, uh, and research bad guys uh, who do cybercrime. Uh, that's very briefly uh, yeah. to, to answer that question. Um, and I've been with the company for the past seven years, even more. Um, so, that's... That's kind of a lot for everyone who hears that. It's kind of, oh, wow, uh, that, that, that is a lot. Uh, and I kind of grew through the ranks from an analyst to a team leader uh, to where I am today. Um, and the way I got here is actually not, um, it's not a traditional way in anywhere other than Israel, I would say. Okay. Uh, but in Israel, uh, as you probably heard, uh, we have a mandatory army service in place. Uh, so my way into tech, into cybersecurity actually began in the army, uh, in the so famous for some uh, 8200 units. Uh, it's the largest intelligence unit uh, in the IDF. Uh, so that's where I got my intelligence training. Um, and that's how I fast forward got into Kela after um, doing a bachelor's and a master's degree in two totally unrelated stuff. But then I kind of was looking for something else. I was looking for the tech. Uh, and so I started working at Kela. Um, and the move to actually cybersecurity was pretty organic to me. Uh, a colleague of mine who's actually set up the cybercrime intelligence team here, uh, she went on a maternity leave. I stepped in. Uh, so I learned like everything on the uh, on the go from scratch. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's what led me here today, um, heading our cybercrime intelligence center, which is actually comprised of 99.9% women wow. today. So we, we, we have one... Uh, um, male representative now and then you let one man <laughs> but, in <laughs> yeah <laughs> but overall it's uh every meeting can start with hi ladies how are you ladies so it's very nice actually so obviously straight into the army into the intelligence area of expertise what does that look like for you as a woman what are you what are you learning day to day what was it like so I don't think uh, we're actually there as well, uh, majority women. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so um, so that was actually very interesting because you learn kind of how to analyze information. You learn how to, you know, discern the important from the not important. Mm -hmm. You learn all sorts of, uh, uh, all sorts of confidential things. Cool. <laughs> and uh, it's actually quite exciting because eventually you just get to work. So it's like you're day-to-day -day work in kind of researching something uh writing something so uh, the army part kicks in in the part of the uniform and right. i don't know having chores uh and yeah. not going home but, <laughs> but the day-to-day -day uh, but... is like your job now i guess 
looking uh, over sort the, of yeah yes. the data and it gave you the great foundations for your career and where you wanted to go to go next so yes how long did exactly. you spend in the army and then what was your next when you left what was your next thought process mm-hmm. of where you wanted to go so um i served uh, for two years okay um so that's kind of the the that was the basic uh, amount uh, of time. Um, you could serve more. You could go to. You could become an officer. You could become something like um, prolonged service for better kind of uh, conditions. You would be like off off charts, not off charts, but you would be a more experienced soldier, let's say. Yeah. But I just uh, I wanted to f- to finish that. <laughs> And uh, I had a bit of a pressure from my parents to go study. So okay. um, uh, as soon as I uh, as I got uh, discharged, um, I went uh, to study um, brain science in Tel Aviv wow. University uh, because I figured that that's the hardest thing they have. So I'll try that. Uh, it was all, it also sound, sounded interesting. Test yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's that makes sense. Um, and um and yeah so i explored my way there it was it was really interesting um it was not intelligence but i also wanted to try something else um and then i proceeded kind of to to a master's degree also in a different area uh but eventually the intelligence part sucked me back in right back in uh just kidding uh, <laughs> that's actually where 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 i felt that yeah this this feels right and, and this, you know, I like this, and yeah, that's that's a great fit. So that that's kind of the short and the long of it. If uh... <laughs> I find it really interesting speaking to you because I don't know over here in the UK, um, I have a daughter myself, and growing up in the education system, there isn't really a, a big emphasis on cybersecurity or intelligence or actually even really getting girls into tech. So I feel like it's quite refreshing to talk to you that actually the majority of your peers in the army were women who you work with majority are women you obviously had some fantastic access to education which is incredible um do you feel that actually the industry is more spoke about where you've been brought up in education and it's actually seen as a an affluential job to get into maybe compared to to the uk so um i think that's um Despite what I said, like the you know ninety nine percent were um, were women led uh, mm-hmm. team, etc. Um, what we do here is engaging pretty much um, most of the stuff we engage in is not not very technical. Okay. Uh, so it's not your programming languages. It's not your um, you know cybersecurity. Many times you say it, and the first thing that comes to mind is malware analysis, for example, or things that you have to kind of you know know computers, yeah. uh, you know widely speaking, etc. Um, so because we're not essentially that, I think it's easier to um, to to start in those positions. Not only start, to also you know explaining why we have. Um, we had so much uh, women in training in um, in the army, uh, but still, the number of girls I feel in Israel uh, who are exposed to kind of the technical uh, positions—not only positions but also education—is still not enough. So, okay. um, so you're similar to us then. Yeah, yeah. So you can still see. So I have uh, I have two girlfriends who are uh, software engineers, uh-huh. and they um, they've been t- through a totally like male dominated you know um, university university right. uh, studies because you know electrical engineering 
you still don't get a lot of girls there or right. uh, software engineering it's more and more but it's still you will still see the majority of uh, of boys and men uh i think you know society wise or also education wise reasons uh, not enough um encouragement of girls like you know no this is not a boys class this mm. is you know all you all of you can take robotics all of you can take you know go and explore uh maybe initial programming languages uh but since I haven't been to school for a long time. Uh, I don't know if um, a lot of things are done right now. I do know that we have programs uh, that um, should encourage girls to kind of go into tech. There, there are kind of um, um, volunteering-based programs that women in the in the industry are trying to, you know, give back to the community and trying to set up, and especially in places that are not um, as advantaged advantage um economically wise yeah so in those places especially you don't even get exposure to role models who are in tech who mm. are you know doing something more um so that's super important and it's being done but i think still um still maybe not not enough so unfortunately yes so we have this you know yeah, exception so in terms of you know, intelligence analysts, and uh, I think in other companies as well, there are a lot of uh, female, other similar companies in Israel. Right. Um, and that's um, that's great. Uh, but yeah. still, the R and D department, even even in our company, is ninety nine point nine percent guys. Okay. <laughs> so. And it's a big piece, isn't it? It's, it's um, because I think it, like you said, role models or people to look up aspirationally is is quite a big key thing. Um. I can't think of anyone as a child that I can think of in film or even, uh, yeah, characters in books or anything that made you think. And even having my two children, and, and, and I have a, a girl and a boy, and even their selection of toys is uh, the robots and the and the trains and the, uh, and the cars all are on one aisle. And hers is all like the shops and the hair and yeah. um, the makeup. And, the, and it's already pre done at very young age yeah. right? i have a two-year-old and i have a six-year-old and it's already kind of predefined what toys they play with um and, and she's only really experiencing boy toys because she's got a brother in the room um so i think it starts massive part is education isn't it but it's also um the role model piece if you don't see someone as yourself in in that role or that job you you assume and um i know there was this thing going around linkedin and um, they were just saying descriptions and you had to you had to think whether you f saw a man or a woman in the role so that you'd say like nurse and do you think of a man or a woman mm -hmm. you say doctor do you think of a man and a woman and it's that isn't it it's done from such a young age and I know from like um, I've got um, board games that my daughter's got and certain roles is the man and certain roles is the woman and it's from that from that it's a re-education it's a repositioning of a role for anyone to to really change mm -hmm. and to encourage and I, I think that's a really important piece of having a role model or having someone in front of you that you aspire to be I personally think cybersecurity, although I'm from a marketing background is is quite exciting um but what do you see on the horizon in, say, the next, I don't know, five to ten years of why someone that might be looking inwards into this podcast thinking, oh, I might might delve into that. What do you think is really exciting for cybersecurity and why someone should have a look into it? 
Sure. So um, first, actually, that's an interesting item you mentioned because I also had this written down the language of the positions. Because yeah. so, if, for example, in English, you have like you don't so you can say a male nurse, right? Mm -hmm. But and of course, when you think of a nurse, you think of a woman. Yeah. But in Hebrew, in Hebrew, for example, it's a very distinct separation between the male holder of this role and a female. Okay. And I just uh, I just read um, this post by someone who. Um, who said that she um, she pitched an infographic for some news item about uh, kind of how many people, I don't even remember what it was about, but she just switched the role. So she said like male nurses and female doctors mm -hmm. uh, on, on screen. So yeah. she just changed those, those items and it was kind of people got mind blown from, okay, we're really used to seeing, you know, the yeah. word for a male doctor and like female uh, nurse. So that's really interesting, actually. Uh, but let's go back to no, the question. No, yeah, it is. It is yeah, language, yeah. isn't it? And it's more yeah. what you see so on that, your day-to-day. So that's to kind day. of starting to, yeah, that's kind of what's sometimes is positioning kind of your perception of things. So I think of that's, course. yeah. If you um, can't as a child see yourself in that role, it's very then hard to then go yeah. through that career path if you can't see it in front of you. And it, yeah, completely makes makes sense. Definitely. Um, Definitely. But let's say in five to um, next five years yeah. or, you know, it, it is an industry that is changing so much. But I think that's one of the exciting things, one of the interesting things that um, with a similar set of skills, you could have so many opportunities. Um, you can dip your toes in, you know, various aspects of cybersecurity with, uh, I wouldn't say just the basic training, but essentially having some sort of understanding or reaching some sort of understanding of the industry learning something can take you to so many different positions meaning that you can also interchangeably you know switch between them um and i think that's um you know it's a wide industry with a lot of options to explore so it's not just one thing um as i don't know I don't have a good example, but being no. a nurse. <laughs> yeah. You can be a nurse in different places. And of course, you can be a cybersecurity expert or a SOC analyst in different places as well. But you can then also take this uh, expertise as a SOC analyst uh, and go do something else, either in, you know, even sometimes business development or customer success. And it's all very, um, very changing. So I think that's one of the interesting things about the industry. Uh, and also, I feel like most of the cybersecurity industry, at least, there is at least a um, disclaimed like goal for the company. So our goal is to protect organizations. Our goal is to, you know, make a better place, a better, you know, they all have this goal in sight. So I think for people who are looking for some sort of um, meaning or some sort of, you know, uh, you know, to, you want to know that what you're doing matters yeah. or, you know, it has an impact. I think that's uh, quite easily traceable in many of cybersecurity companies out there. So it's, uh, um, I think it's re it's refreshing if you think of you know um, other positions, um, but yeah, I think that's that that's kind sense. of what 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 can appeal to to people to engage in that. Or yeah, and, specifically, and it's something that's not going away, right? It's not it's not an it's not an industry that's that's going to unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's going to continue and continue, which is just something we've got to continue. Yes. I feel that. Um, obviously, with that in mind. Um, obviously, we have a different um, education background as we're in different countries and things like that. And, and 
But do you think there's things that we could do, whether it's from businesses, because we've got that opportunity to to share the message, or is it with schools or things like that, of how we can make this topic um, aspirational for someone to get into a world? I don't know if there is a one way to solve the problem, but do you think there are things that we could be doing quite quickly to get people encouraged to be involved? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if education of either you know, academic one or um, sector wise or, uh, you know, organization wise is quite the quick thing. Um, But I do think, and I think we, we did discuss this a bit. Um, Really, I think it's about society Mm -hmm. Uh, and not only society, like this vague concept, but really um, either in kindergartens, as you said, like give the opportunity to girls to, you know, to test out the different uh, things. I think, I read that in Sweden they have kind of genderless kind of games, so yeah. girls can choose to play with whatever they want. Uh, but that's really small. I think that um, as as much as we push girls that um, maybe shy away from from tech, and I'm saying tech, but really in school it's you know it can be as little as math, mm-hmm. you know physics. Although I'm not a fan of physics myself, but uh, <laughs> showing them that they can do that, that there is no you know it's it's not like you can't do it because you're a girl. You know there are boys, uh, <laughs> there are boys, <laughs> a lot of boys are actually you know humanitarian they yeah. actually don't want to be in tech and that's fine it's as long as everyone knows they can be anything they want and uh not only no but also as we you know you, you mentioned this and um brilliantly you know the role model and um actually showing that yes uh mom of uh, i don't know of tamar is uh an engineer and let's let's get her to talk to to you girls and tell all about her her day and how exciting it was to do abc mm. um so i think i think it's really about education in those on those different levels yeah um and obviously the programs that are at least in israel um starting uh, to be sometimes even government sponsored on kind of promoting uh, the peripheral areas um although israel is small we still have periphery uh, you know uh, like economical play- yeah, like areas that are less advantaged um so promoting it there and really narrowing down the the gaps um tech wise in general so i'm not sure if you know, we should put the emphasis on cybersecurity, although that would be great. But let's first it's make people not afraid of pe- people and girls uh, be afraid of tech. Um, and let's show them what is there around. Uh, because cybersecurity, you know, um, of course, you have to learn specific things to get there. But you learn um, programming languages or something like that, and you can get into it multiple places. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really about education on any of those uh, of those levels and the role models. So the friends I mentioned who are software engineers, so their parents also are both, you know, engineers okay. or programmers. So I don't think they they even had this. Maybe they even didn't know that they can do something else. But <laughs> <laughs> that aside, on the like this this would be the other the opposite, Complete opposite uh, yeah. example. Yeah, uh, but I think, you know, having that example, that's, uh, you know, the father is working as an engineer, the mother is working, you know, uh, constructing stuff or planning stuff, whatever. Uh, it shows them that, yeah, that that's a legit mm. way to go. And, you know, if I'm good at math or if I'm good at uh, whatever, um, then I can go and, and do that. Uh, I mean, no, no one can tell me that I can't. No. <laughs> so, 
Do you think it's a confidence thing? Do you think sometimes um, that, I don't know, that girls may be like, I know I wasn't overly confident at maths and probably then shied away from it even more. Do you think there's a, a confidence thing sometimes with girls of, I don't know, not making a fool of themselves, but trying something new or rolling the dice and do you think sometimes we play it safe as women um yeah yeah maybe but only because you know we made we were made feel that one time that something wasn't enough or uh, i'm sure that you know if you go through life with kind of no no nothing outside saying that you can't do something or oh this is not for you or something like that i think the perception of failure is um i think Many of it is external, much of it is external. Of course, you have your own traits and you have, you know, how much you, as a girl, overthink stuff, which is <laughs> always, but um, I think that's something that's also very dependent on kind of external feedback and how right. we how we process um, external feedback. That makes sense because I, at primary school, never remember ever being bad at maths. And then going to mm -hmm. secondary school, I got put into a set like of what level you were. And I wasn't mm -hmm. in the same one as my friends that I went to primary school. So the first, I remember that first week, like coming home and being like, oh, I'm not good at maths. And that was it. Like, I didn't change my opinion the rest of the time at secondary school. I was like, well, I'm rubbish at maths, but I'm in the top classes for these. So that's what I'm good at. Where maybe if I'd gone home and my parents were like, but you could get good at maths and you could move a set. You could knuckle down. I just pre, I, I, I chose my environment and I was like, right, I'm in the second set of maths. I'm not as good. And I, I even dumbed myself down of like, well, I am this level. So let's not ask more questions. Let's get a standard grade and just sit to it. So interestingly, you say how your environment could have an impact. Maybe if I'd walked out and gone, actually, I'm going to be in the first set. So thank you very much. Like, that's my challenge. It may have been different for me. <laughs> but yeah, I just, um, I was in the first set of English. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at communication and, and things like that. So I'm going to stick that side. But yeah, that probably without realizing those teachers and that head teacher's decision of what set they put me in impacted yeah. so what I did. So when your when your kids grow up, you can come to them and say, "No, you should be better." Yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> no, just... that, no, that's a whole different thing. But, no, I don't um... want to like stress, but I think if she came back and was like, yeah. "Oh, I'm not very strong at this," it'd be like, "Okay, well, that's okay. You don't have to be good at everything, but you can get better." And you, if you want to get yeah. better and you want to be good at, it, I think mm -hmm. that. I mean, my daughter's very competitive, so she's the opposite to me. She would have definitely walked out of that room and been like, "Well." I'm going to be in the top set, but that's just different, yeah. different makeup, isn't it? But yeah, I find that interesting how your environment, we're basically saying your more, your role models, your environment, and potentially who you're at home with can have a big impact in which direction you go for your career and may impact um, if you do get into technology. And hopefully, you know, the women that are in technology now are going to be the role models and the inspirations for the, for the next round. And there's lots more, more to come. Um, you have mentioned that in this industry there is you know there's a strong male and we have strong men men in our team obviously they bring some fantastic things to the table what do you think as a woman we bring to the industry and and, and what and what great things do we bring to the table as well because I feel we need both and there can be like a, oh it's an all-male industry yeah it is but um they bring some great things but what do you think we bring positive and great to the table too Oh, everything. No, <laughs> no, that's fair. We bring it all. Let, let's start with, I don't know, multitasking, but that would be kind of a stereotypic thing to say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if I had to choose multitasking, um, just kidding. <laughs> um, 
I think that's, I'm not sure if, if that's kind of comparative to kind of men do this and we do this, you know, the other way. And that's why it's good. I mm -hmm. think it's just, you know, to have a different opinion, to maybe have someone and that's totally um, maybe not entirely um, work related, but kind of work environment related to have someone um, more soft isn't the word. But actually, you know, acceptable of different messages. My favorite messages words, empathetic. Of, I, feel empathe I think yeah, women are good at empathy. Yes, scratch the soft. Yeah. Empathy. Um, yeah, so the, the empathetic part is really important. I feel like in my role as a manager, um, it's very important. So um, it, it's really important to hear people out both professionally and, you know, personally. And that's what would make the, the work environment friendly and will allow you to actually, you know, go and reach uh, things that you might have not reached if you were blocked along the way or if you, you know, your opinions would have been silenced. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, unfortunately, uh, women, from what I read at least, um, are also either blocked or they have the experience that, you know, being the only woman in the room is, intimid is intimidating. They might not speak up. So at least, you know, having um, a diverse environment uh, not uh, by force, right? Not like, no. okay, we have to have two women in the team and, you know, that so that everyone can feel, can feel comfortable. I'm actually all for both things. Yeah. You know, say that we need women, but also, you know, whoever's competent, you know, let them fill the room. The right person for the job, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but but I think it's that those items, uh, those items that I mentioned, um, and really because we are, all of us are different people, so... Uh, not necessarily because of the gender, but also because of it. Yeah, um, yeah. So that we can, yeah. So that we can bring this, you know, sometimes different opinions, sometimes um, allowing everyone to take their place, um, and we rock overall. So I think we that's do. as a gender, <laughs> we do we do absolutely rock. If you were wanted to speak to someone that maybe is just coming out of education or considering to go into this role what five things or tips would you give them to start kind of getting into into this career whether it's a course to do or someone a mentor to follow what would be your advice sure so that's that's actually a great question it took me it took me a while to put to put uh, to think this uh to think this down so i would say that um First of all, I guess to find, to look at job descriptions, to find a job description that sounds interesting, try to learn what it's about, what it entails, uh, what do you have to do? And clearly, you know, coming from, you know, just finished, uh, just finishing school, uh, probably everything will sound either as exciting or as terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so I would say in addition to that, maybe f see the people who are around you or find people who already found work in the area that they can you know you can consult with and like what are the different roles are about uh i know in israel at least we have um this facebook group where people just write about the different positions oh, that are in tech uh and obviously i'm sure there th those groups exist everywhere yeah so i think that would be kind of the major thing first yeah. of all try to understand what is interesting to you because you then can have different, um, you know, learning um, uh, processes to, you know, to learn A, B, or C. Um, second, not sure if that's the exact um, order of the things, but 
overcoming the I'm not 100% fit for a position. So Yeah, um... that's an interesting statistic. <laughs> There's one in the UK. I don't know if it is, is a global statistic, but it's definitely in the UK that when women apply for a job, they will only apply for it if they are 100% fit the criteria where men will apply, you know, if they're 50-60%. So that is a big thing, isn't it? Obviously, us thinking that we can tick yeah. every single box on the requirement of a job set. Yeah, I, I don't know actually what that is about. So you you asked me earlier what, what I think uh, like about something else that why men are like this and confidence. Female, I mean, I, what, do you think? Yeah, it's exactly a that one thing with women. Yeah, but but then again, uh, I, I can say unfortunately I'm not prone to the statistic, right? So if I'm looking at some information, I would you know, or when I was looking for for a position. Um, it was like, okay, there are things here I can do, so it, I'm not a fit. So I'm not sure what it is about men that don't think like that. Uh, but <laughs> but I would confident. I would say, yeah, but I would say that really, uh, because the worst thing that can happen is that you won't get that job, but you could have not gotten it even if anyway. you didn't try. So uh, I guess better to try um, to try it out because really, I think recruiters are you know looking at other things as well so that's um i think that that's that's there's a good... so many elements isn't it to a job it's not just whether you can do the job there's a culture whether you fit mm-hmm. in whether you like think like the team there's so much to it um yeah and, and I, I th- you learn so much on a job really you do mm-hmm. don't you exactly and i think that that's actually a very important um tip uh for really someone who's just finishing their education because if they haven't tried for a job before this could be intimidating you know seeing Mm -hmm. all those positions um so just having you know as an as a guidance you then don't have to you know to tick all the um, all the items just apply not just of course if you don't fit any of it probably yeah. <laughs> your your cv will go down the drain but um just try and you know the, the, there isn't a rule that you have to apply only if you're 100 percent fit no. because this is kind of i think a statistic that we created for ourselves right by uh by abiding to to this perception um that we have for some reason it. Yeah, yeah, we put so yeah. much pressure on ourselves. I, I think as women, we do. We think we have to tick every single box. And mm-hmm. like you said, you can't get better at interviews. And weirdly, if you're just starting out, the interview process is a two-way thing. You you really want them to give you a job, obviously, 100%. Mm-hmm. But you don't know about that business until you step into the door. And I, I remember yeah. I went for a job interview for, for a great company in the UK. And I, I got offered it. And my dad was delighted. It was like, yes, it's, you know, one of those brand names. And I just... I didn't like it there. I didn't like the office. I didn't like the vibe. I just didn't feel like me. And I I turned it down and I remember him being so angry at the time. But it is a two-way street. And I I worked Mm -hmm. out all right. But it is a two-way street. Like you've got to, you've got to work's a big part of your life. So I think, yeah, an interview process, I think that takes a bit of the nerves off. If you go an interview knowing... Mm -hmm. We're both getting to know each other right now and we're both knowing whether this is a good fit, I think takes it off a little yeah. bit. I think you get told it's all about you trying to impress and get the job, but they need to impress you a little bit too. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's why we offer ice cream to everyone who comes in. That's oh, really... <laughs> that's a good reason for me to come and visit you. On yeah. that note then, because I've obviously <laughs> taken up a good amount of your time, just to close off in the last chapter, you're currently in your current role and what that looks like, what the company looks like. And if someone hasn't checked you guys out, could you just tell us why they, they should be and what they're missing out on? Sure. Uh, so first of all, we have a great porch. 
on the 22nd floor in the middle of Tel Aviv in Israel. Wow. Uh, but <laughs> to the professional side, um, I think we're just a great collection of people and technology um, that are doing our best to kind of protect companies from cybercrime threats, uh, people who try already stolen employee information, uh, who try to leverage on selling it, uh, companies who already got breached uh, or could be breached because someone gained access to their remote connection um, software. So if you think of how we work from home for the past, you know, more than two years, uh, people started using different remote control, remote control tools. So you would sit at home and connect to your work computer or server and people got less uh, kind of companies couldn't deal uh, with this um, adequately technology-wise. So you could have, uh, you know, usernames and passwords just not really just floating around, but very accessible to cyber criminals. Um, and if someone gets, for example, you know, Kelly's credential to yeah. some company network, that's some bad news. So um, our technology detects this information automatically from different um, cybercrime sources. Uh, and sources, I know that this is a word that's Everyone in the industry uses it, but if you're not in the industry, it's essentially websites, it's forums. Uh, that's a very old word, word but it, they still exist. Yeah. And Telegram channels, which is definitely not a cyber criminal, uh, you know, designed uh, source, but they still use it. Um, and we try to protect companies through that. So our, cl our clients... Uh, purchase our technology, our service, and uh, we work together with them to protect their environment, to protect, kind of show them what's out there and um, how they can protect themselves from the next breach or not even the next, just so it will not happen. Um, so, and to the question and kind of, you know, um, what would be uh, beneficial to sorry apologies um how yeah um how we work and, and all of that so i think uh, in terms of helping a woman uh, or helping women to actually work uh here and everyone else we actually uh, decided on a policy of um limitless vacation days so as long as yeah but surprising <laughs> surprisingly no one goes off to to the maldives for two to for two months uh no so one takes it, just, it do they it's like no, there, yeah no one takes it <laughs> but I mean, it it does enable that uh, ease of mind in terms of, okay, if I have to have time off or I want to have time off, mm. uh, then I can do that. Um, and that no one is, you know, standing um, on my shoulder, like bureaucracy wise, at least. Uh, Israel is not um, the, the champion of the number of uh, vacation days uh, okay. overall. So <laughs> we don't, we don't get a lot of those. So limitless uh, is great. Incredible, yeah. Yeah, uh, and just just a great uh, environment. S see for yourself. I've been here for seven years. Yeah, I like I like my view to the ocean, um, to the Mediterranean. So, and I bet you're yeah. just as product, and still you're very productive, even though you've got all that time off. I bet you work just as hard. It's just there that you yeah. know you can take it if you need to. Exactly. 
exactly. Oh, I like that. I think we need that policy here. <laughs> I could do could do some more vacation days. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, I could talk about this topic all day, but I think we've had a really good snippet. I know this is really early on with our relationship with you guys at Keller, and I hope it's the start of a more conversations and talking about the the technology more and how we guys can work each, but with you. But um, thank you so much for being involved in this campaign. It's been an absolute sure. pleasure. Um, so yes, thank you very much, and hopefully speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. I'll talk to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so Thank much. You. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.